It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. And I hope you'll find this morning's show of interest. Uh, I'm going to start off by talking about, well, the behemoth, if you will, in federal lands management in the United States. And that's an entity that, unless you live in the American West, you may not be that familiar with. And frankly, many people in the American West, unless you're in agriculture, are not familiar with them. And it is called the Federal Bureau of Land Management. It's under the Department of Interior. And it is responsible for managing 245 million acres. That is the correct number. 245 million acres of U.S. taxpayers' lands, federal lands, which belong to all of us, are under the management of the Bureau of Land Management. And the reason I'm talking about this this morning is that things have been changing for a while at BLM, Bureau of Land Management, not the other acronym for BLM. And they are changing dramatically now in a way that is, I think, possibly going to create the second sagebrush rebellion. The first one being when Ronald Reagan was elected back in 1980, for those of us who may remember that. The western states flipped and went 100% for Ronald Reagan because western states were so fed up of the federal government coming in and dictating their lives. In Illinois and in the Midwest or wherever you might be listening, there aren't a lot of federal lands. And sure, the federal government's involved in our lives in lots of ways. But in the West, it's involved in your life every day because you look at the landscape that the U.S. taxpayers own and the BLM manages and how they manage that land affects a lot of people. And for decades now, the Bureau of Land Management has been moving away slowly, but now it seems like a tsunami, moving away from the long-held belief that Western lands were to be managed productively and in cooperation between agricultural interests and wildlife interests and fisheries interests. Now it is moving to a point of view where Western lands are to be managed, frankly, by radical environmentalists who want no cattle grazing, no sheep grazing, no management of any kind, except run your four-wheelers and your ATVs all over the countryside or the mountainside in the West. And if you get up in an airplane, as I did recently, and fly at a low altitude over, in this case, hundreds of miles of BLM land, what you see is a checkerboard of Actually, it's not a checkerboard because checkerboards would be square. What you see are nothing but trails made by ATVs running through areas of the American West that have never seen a mechanized vehicle of any kind. The only transportation means they've seen is a horse or a horse-drawn wagon. But the BLM seems to think that's fine. But goodness gracious, if you graze cattle on that land, well, that's destroying it for the American people. What is happening and is happening rapidly now is the BLM is being staffed with individuals as retirement age moves people out who've been longtime employees and who come from the tenement of this land is to be managed for agriculture and wildlife. And it's being staffed now increasingly at senior levels and certainly throughout the junior ranks 
by individuals who have no interest at all in agriculture and cattle and only have an interest in locking it up and throwing away the key and saying, let nature just do its thing and we'll let the deer and the antelope play, which they can't do. We don't have 1850 in the American West anymore with buffalo and elk and all the animals that did graze on what's today BLM lands. Instead, what we have is vastly altered landscapes that are being managed for today's world. And there isn't a cattle rancher in the American West who will overgraze their property, the BLM leases that they hold, because if they do, they know that land is no good in the future. The BLM lands, the lands that belong to the federal government, and therefore all of us, are generally the least productive lands in the American West because the lands that were the most productive have been settled. They were settled, and the acreage was deeded, and they're privately held. It was all the scrub land, the hard-to-access land, the land that couldn't produce much that was left unsettled and therefore is the property of the U.S. government, but which is grazed and managed by agricultural interests, which support communities and economies in the rural American West in a way that there is no way the environmentalists can ever support these communities. In fact, they have no interest in supporting them. They just have an interest in making sure that agriculture, as we know it, ends in the American West and that ranching, as we know it, basically ends. And when that ends, so too, by the way, does management of wildlife, because it's the ranchers who are on this 245 million acres, running cattle or running sheep, who provide the means for wildlife to to also be compatible with cattle. If there's no ranching, you can forget about the wells being maintained. You can forget about the springs being maintained. You can forget about pastures being maintained. There's nobody on it. Coyotes, and environmentalists trying to make sure that there are no cattle. And I'm not overstating this. This is what is coming. And as, as, as Americans, we, we should be really concerned at what is happening to, frankly, the heritage of a big part of America. And the other thing that is happening, and, and I know this firsthand, is that the U.S. government has imposed incredible regulations on doing anything on BLM lands. And you have to wonder, where did this come from? It came very clearly from Washington, D.C., from a bunch of interns and junior-level staffers who also have no knowledge of agriculture whatsoever or wildlife management, who simply want to have regulations in place with a broad brush. And I'll give you an example. The BLM is required any time they improve a spring, which is a, is a source of water for wildlife as well as for cattle. Anytime they improve a spring or create a, or develop a new spring, they are required to do the following. A NEPA report, that's the National Environmental Protection Act report. Will this spring provide environmental damage? Quite the opposite. Developing springs creates huge benefits to wildlife. Will this spring be developed in areas where there are archaeological significance. What does this mean? You've got 245 million acres and springs are developed and have been developed by ranchers and farmers for the last 150 years. And now all of a sudden, no, no, no. Before you develop a spring or improve a spring, you have to have an archaeologist from the U.S. government come out and the archaeologist has to look at the site to make sure there are not any historic elements within the area. 
I, I, you begin to understand the bureaucracy and why the Western Sagebrush Rebellion is going to be coming again. Oh, and then if you want to put a culvert in, and even though it's replacing a culvert on a, on a road you may have through BLM, well, we have to have both an archaeological uh, visit to make sure that culvert is not in a sensitive site archaeologically. Oh, and we have to bring an engineer along to make sure that the culvert is designed to government specifications. This is driving people crazy. And this is being driven by an administration in Washington that has no appreciation for the values of wildlife in the American West and how they are managed. Nor does it have any appreciation for local communities all across the American West, which are totally dependent on agriculture and ranching. If the BLM is successful in being staffed by individuals who have a clear agenda, which is to take cattle off the Western landscape. And if organizations that exist solely for the purpose of suing the BLM to make sure the cattle are taken off the Western landscape succeed, and I've talked about them in the past, organizations that have no other agenda but to sue the federal government and to sue ranchers so that we take all agriculture off the American West landscape. If these people succeed with their agendas, the American West is going to be radically transformed. Its wildlife are going to suffer enormously. Forget about recovering sage grouse. Forget about elk. Forget about deer. You're going to be overrun with predators. You're going to have poorly maintained habitats. Springs will not be maintained. Wells won't be maintained. Communities will basically go bankrupt. And the American West, as it's developed since, since settlement, will come to an end because the American West cannot exist without utilizing the 455 million acres of federal lands, BLM-managed lands, if we're going to have any kind of agricultural Western ranching industry in the future. But this is what's happening, and it's happening quickly, and I'm afraid that it is happening under the radar unless you are involved in wildlife and ranching in the American West. You're not even aware of it. Why would you be? But that's what's occurring, and it's very bad news for the future of elk and everything we care about in the American West, from grouse to elk to ranching to people to communities. The BLM is becoming rapidly a rogue agency, unaccountable to nobody. But I would hate to say it, those who have an agenda which is not the agenda that I think most Americans have. I'll be back with much more on The Great Outdoors Show in just a moment. When I come back, I'm going to talk about a signing of, a, of legislation recently that's great news for education and the future of, of communicating the, the values of conservation in our school system. And before, and also I'm going to come back and just touch one final thought on the Bureau of Land Management and maybe how this can be fixed. You're listening to Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And now our message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. Hiking, camping, and hunting, it's all an adventure in the great outdoors, but nature can be tough. You need to be ready for anything and everything. Chevy Silverado is built to handle the toughest conditions and get you everywhere you want to go worry-free. Silverado's designed to handle the big jobs. It's built for the great outdoors. With over 13,000 pounds of towing capacity and trailering sway control, Silverado can haul the biggest loads on the roughest roads and keep you cool as a Sunday drive. With eight available cameras and up to 14 different views, it can spot trouble before it gets to you. That's peace of mind. 
And when you're ready for the backcountry, Chevy Silverado 1500 ZR2 owns the off-road. You name it, we run over it. No wonder it's Motor Trend's 2023 four-wheeler pickup truck of the year. So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and check out a Chevy Silverado. It's freedom to explore the great outdoors. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. And as I ended the first before I went to break, I do want to just follow up to say there's a lot we can do to bring the Bureau of Land Management back into a what I would call a mainstream compatible use agency that's responsible for managing 245 million acres. The people that are hired to work for the BLM need to come from backgrounds where sustainability in in cattle grazing and agriculture and wildlife management are their backgrounds as opposed to having political agenda backgrounds or opposed to being actually fronted by uh, environmental organizations that have an agenda to radically change the American West. We, we have to wake up, and, and also we have to have the leadership, the very top leadership of the BLM, be that which stands up for interests of, of Americans across the country and the utilization of our Bureau of Land Management lands and, and recognize that agriculture and ranching is the core tenement, working with wildlife and conservation interests for the sustainable use of our BLM lands. We need to have leadership from the top, and we don't have it at all. Instead, what we have is a is a leadership that simply just tips over for the environmental organizations that do nothing but sue. So we can do something about it. The question is, are we going to do something about it? And I have a strong feeling come uh, next November, the American West is going to stand up as it did in 1980 and say, we're not taking this anymore. And as conservationists, which is what the Great Outdoors show is all about, is about furthering conservation, we shouldn't take it either because the end result is going to be a lot less wildlife in the American West if the BLM continues on its trajectory it has today, not to mention the ruination of so many economies in rural America. Moving on to something that is really fabulous news, the Biden administration signed recently a bill that passed Congress which reaffirms that we will have education programs in our schools that um, safeguards the teaching of hunting and conservation in our schools. If you may recall, the House of Representatives tried to advance a bill that, well, excuse me, I'm wrong on that. The Biden administration interpreted a law passed by Congress that cut off funding for schools that offered archery in the schools, education offered hunter safety education and wilderness program schools because they said it advanced the culture of gun ownership in, with children, and that that was not something that the Biden administration was going to support. It had nothing to do with gun ownership. It was yet another example of overreach by certain sectors of the government who have an agenda. So Congress reacted quickly, and it was unanimous in the U.S. Senate, overwhelmingly in the House, that the administration's interpretation of the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act signed into law in 2022 which had the unintended consequence of limiting funding opportunities for outdoor and hunting education programs in elementary and secondary schools was not to be limited. So Ducks Unlimited and many partners, including the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, Safari Club International, and numerous others, 
sent a letter to the Education Secretary, Secretary urging the department to revise its interpretation of the law, which was H.R. 5110. Congress then moved on its own to fix the law, and as Adam Putman, the CEO of Ducks Unlimited, said, uh, today's students and tomorrow's students are our future conservationists. The opportunity to learn about hunting and the outdoors is foundational to a well-rounded education. And programs that teach courses on wilderness, archery, shooting, and hunter education offer important exposure to our cherished sporting heritage and help preserve it for the next generation. So Congress has acted, and the Biden administration has now signed the bill, which ensures that federal funding can be used for programs such as archery in the schools, hunter education, things like that. And the Department of Education cannot because of its own agenda, pull that funding, believing that it teaches kids to become gun owners. Um, First of all, that's not the purview of the Department of Education. But secondly, it's not at all what Congress intended when they passed the act. And it's, it's fabulous to see that this now has been corrected. And we once again will have full funding for programs that are so helpful to getting kids off the streets and getting them focused on life skills. And it's been proven time and again. Uh, that programs such as archery in the schools and fishing clubs and, and, and shooting clubs that shoot targets teach kids about, about how to shoot sporting clays or shoot long range. It gets kids into a place where they are healthier contributors to society as opposed to kids who do not have much to do. So this is a win for conservation, and it's also a win for Congress working together, which is wonderful to see at a time when that doesn't happen very often. Thanks so much for listening to The Great Outdoors Show. I'll be back with much more on The Great Outdoors in the coming week. And after that, I'll be back with The Great Outdoors talking about life in Costa Rica. Thank you for listening. Have a great week in The Great Outdoors. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of America and Chicago, 720 WGN.